Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplift you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Your presence today, we are ending our series called CORE, and CORE is talking about the concept of having core values and mission for your life. Without core values and mission for your life, you're always going to live a life that is unstable because you're not living for something and you're not living to, towards something. And we've been going through our core values and our main verse for the month was how in Habakkuk chapter two, um, they wrote that to write the vision down plainly on tablets so we can run with it. See, to run with it, it exactly says, write it down. There's something about writing something down. It means you accountable to make sure that's accomplished. If it's in your head sometimes, the thoughts come all the time and that goes away. But when you write it down and you live by that thing and you try to accomplish that thing, there's something different. There's an accountability to that. And we need to stop living life. We said we need to stop living life on chance alone, but on vision and on mission. Because when you live life on vision and mission, man, it's a more stable life. And as we push forward into this last um, week of this series, we want to talk about two important last core values that we live on here at Axios Church. And we live on personally in our life as well. And hopefully it can adapt to your life because we have challenged each and every one of us. If you haven't received one, there's a card in the seat back is called core. It challenges us to write our personal core values and our personal mission for our life. So we can make sure that we are staying focused on what God has for us and what God wants to do in our life. But if we don't have something that we're living after, the culture is going to tell us what to live for. So here at Access, we want to be clear. We want to be stable. And that's only done living on mission. As Jesus told us, the Great Commission, he's given us a mission each and every one of us, to go out and make disciples, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He tells all of us. So if Jesus is important for him to give us a mission as a people before he left, isn't it important for us to live on mission? It's so important. And the last two, as we move forward into this thing, into the last week of this series, I love these last two because it's the heartbeat of what Axios is all about. The first one is this. Faith is our response. Faith is our response. However you respond determines the outcome you walk in. Let me say it again. However you respond determines the outcome you walk in. There's been opportunities and there's been times in my life that the way I responded to a situation made the situation better, most of the time worse. Because how you respond to something matters. It's clear with your kids. You try to be a good parent, but sometimes you just, they just drive you insane. Can I say amen on that? But how you respond to them is going to determine if they need counseling later. (laughs) And we all fail at this as parents. And it's such a heavy thing. You know, we don't, we shouldn't be living in guilt, but the reality is our response response matters. Our response matters. So as an organization, as a church, how do we respond when we know 
situations are going to come, when we know circumstances are going to come, when we know a pandemic's going to come, when we know that all these things will come, how do we, how we respond is going to be how the outcome we live in. And I remember our church when we, when we first launched our, uh, the launch video, pan, the pandemic hit in the middle of that. And the way we responded is the, really how the way we're walking into right now. We could have responded by quitting and nobody would have judged us because everybody quit at that time. But the way we responded is now we're walking in the fulfillment of that. So look at that in every aspect of your life. How do, we, how do you respond to that coworker? How do you respond to that boss? How do you respond to your spouse? Because the way you respond really determines how we're walking in. So here at Axios, the way we respond to every aspect is through faith. It's through faith. Our church is nothing but faith. We started with $200 and a dream. But we had faith. We had faith that God spoke to us and it's not our ability that's going to make this happen, only God. See, what happens is in, in our world, in our culture, and the way we, we handle situations sometimes is we put the pressure on us so much when really God is in control. Yeah, we have, a, we have to do our part, but if God has given you a vision, if God has given you a dream, if God has given you a, a calling on your life, if God is some, if, if, if a prophecy was put on your life years ago and it hasn't been fulfilled yet, I'm here to tell you that he has never left you, that, 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 that he will complete it at his timing, at his will, but our response to it is having faith and knowing he's still going to do it. It's the faith in knowing that he's still going to do it. I remember growing up in church. There's been there, you know, there's been people that strayed away from God, and and their parents would be praying for them for years and years and years to the point where they're like, I'm not going to pray for this guy anymore because he's sway, he's he's gone. But their prayers of faith, now the person is operating in salvation because faith is not at our timing, but faith is operated in our obedience, in our obedience. So what is faith? In Hebrew chapter 11, verse one says this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. This is the most like heavy verse ever. Because <laughs> let's look at this. Assurance, hope for, not seen. Those words kind of don't go together sometimes. Assurance means to me that is a sure thing. Like I can see it. I can touch it. I can, I, I'm a part of it. But then it says things hope for. That means it hasn't happened yet. And things not seen. That means that you probably not will see it. But what faith is, faith is assurance. Me being assured that no matter what, he's still God. That no matter what, he's still working. That no matter what, he's still good is the assurance. We missed faith without having assurance. Sometimes faith can be just religion, but faith has to be operated in your life with assurance. Assurance. Have you had a moment in your life where you're like, God, I know you're going to do it. And it might not happen right away. And probably might not happen the way you thought it was going to happen. 
So the question I ask for you, where does your assurance lie in? Because our response is in faith. Our assurance is in faith for what is not hoped for, but the conviction of things not seen. So what is God's outlook on faith? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, And without faith is what? Impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So God's response to faith is impossible to please God without faith. Faith needs to be an important part of our life. It needs to be the assurance of our life. So what kind of faith? So if we know we need faith, what kind of faith do we need now? We know now what faith is. We know how God looks at it. So now how do we operate in faith? What kind of faith do we need? We need faith that is yes or no faith. If God blesses, I still have faith. If God doesn't, I still have faith. It's it's this faith of uh, of God. If it's if it's your will, let it be. If it's not, my faith does not waver. Well, problem is, is we look at Jesus, uh, we look at God as a genie in the bottle, and if you don't do my will, I don't have faith in you. <laughs> it's too real. It's like let me a pin. Ding! All right, we got it because the reality is this. We have to know that faith is not my will and my list that you need to do, God. No, faith is saying, have your will. And while you do your will, God, I trust you. That's the difference of it. How do we know? The three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We see here in the book of Daniel, this is the kind of faith I want to have. This is the kind of faith, the yes or no faith. Like the faith that is so strong, no matter what. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 and 18, we see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are, not, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning furnace. And he will deliver us from thine hand, O king. Okay, that's the faith I want. But then they say this in verse 8. But if he doesn't, if not, be it known unto you, O king, that we will not serve any god, nor worship the golden image which you have placed set up. This is, this is the kind of faith I want to have in my life. Whereas like there's a circumstance in my life and it might be bad, but if God, you heal, you heal. But if you don't, I, I still believe, I still trust. Your belief system doesn't have to be revolved around your circumstances. Matter of fact, your circumstances need to be revolved around your belief system. See, we, we, it's a, it's a, if you do God, I will trust. If you don't, I still trust. But when we have a yes or no kind of faith, if you do it, if you don't, I still do not waver. When you have that kind of faith, God shows up every step of the way. He shows up because if you look at Daniel chapter three, verse 23 and 25, it says this, and these three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell abound up into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and sake. 
and spake and said unto the counselors, did we not throw three men in the midst of the fire? And they answered and said, yes, O true king. And he said, there's a third in the fire and the, the, there's a fourth in the fire. And the one looks like the son of God. And whenever we operate in faith, it doesn't matter what timing there is for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. It was an instant thing. But for some of us, it takes years. But your job is to walk in the fire and know that you will not get burnt. To walk in the fire and know that there's a fourth person going to be in there, which is God. It's having this crazy kind of faith to know that I am creation. He is the creator. And whatever he needs in my life, I'm ready to operate it. If he gives me the finances, that's good. If he doesn't, I still trust. It's a faith that is unwavering. And we need that kind of faith in this world today. There's too many people that are wishy-washy Christians. But here at Axios, we're going to be a people of faith. Our faith doesn't waver in circumstances. No, our circumstances move by our faith. Our circumstances move by our faith. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says this, For we walk by faith and not by sight. If you walk by sight right now, you're very depressed right now because our, our economy is crazy. Our world is crazy. Our kids are going crazy. Gas is crazy. All this is crazy. Groceries is crazy. Like everything's crazy. If we put our assurance in those things, where it's going to leave us. But if we put our assurance in the rock, the solid rock, which is Jesus Christ, we know that circumstances will arise, but we're building our house. We're building our life on the solid rock. And when storms come and when situations come, we will not be moved because our faith is strong in him. It's strong in him. And how do we get bolder faith? Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this, for faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by what? The word of Christ. If you don't read your Bible, your faith is not getting built. If you don't get into your word, you're only going by the feelings. Because the word is the solid rock, is the foundation of everything we do. And his word is a lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. His word is what builds my bold faith to say, if you do, I operate in it. If you don't, I still trust you, God. That's the faith we need. And that's the response that we do in our church as well. Number two, our last core value is this. People are our hearts. You can't love God and not love his people. That's tough for me sometimes, if I'm honest, because his people hurt me sometimes. But you can't take away God's love and not love for his people. It, it goes hand in hand. I mean, he, came, he, he, he died on the cross for people. Like, all of this is for people. Like, people crazy like you and me. Have you thought about that sometimes? It's like, God, like, you, you could erase all of us and, like, have good people. But he still loves us. So as the body of Christ, we need to know that he values people, so we should as well. So people are a heart here at Axios Church. 
And even though people hurt, even though whatever, our mission is to love them and direct them to Jesus. The mission of Jesus was people. So our mission needs to be people. And one person that I, if I, if anybody ever like hurts me or anybody, or I say, listen, I give up on people. I just go back into the Bible and look at the relationship between Jesus and Peter. If there's anybody that will kick to the curve, unfollow on Facebook, block real quick, was Peter. I mean, Peter had an opportunity every chance to put his foot in his mouth. He, the mission of Jesus was to be humble, and Peter was far from it. Matter of fact, there was been multiple times where Jesus had to be like, Peter, I love you, but chill out, with Chill, boy. Because Peter was trying to do what he thought Jesus needed to do, but Jesus was doing what he needed to do on this world. See, Peter was one of the main disciples, one of the inner disciples, and he had interactions with Jesus all the time. And Jesus said that on Peter, on Peter's life and his and, and the foundation of the modern church that we live in today was built on Peter. He was the founding father of the church we live on, we, we operate in today. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 says, and I tell you, Peter, you are on this rock. I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So Peter was a vital part of even the church we're living, we're operating in today. But there was two instances where Peter and Jesus had a come come to Jesus meeting real quick. And it was all around how he needs to operate around and how he needs to view people. And, And Jesus did it in such a way that back in those days that they will understand. And for us, we're like, well, you could have said it another way, but I get it. But back then, he used like like fish and and sheep and and corn and all these things because that's what they operated back. That's how they thought. So we see two incidents of Jesus telling Peter about the kingdom of God and how he needs to operate. And both these, uh, both these moments revolved around a boat and Peter living in his comfort and his identity in his comfort. See, you cannot grow if you live in comfort. It just doesn't happen that way. You you can't operate sometimes in your comfort. So Peter, his comfort level was on a boat fishing because that was not only his trade. That was not only the way he made money. He enjoyed it. I mean, it was generation to generation of growing in of being a fisherman. So his comfort level was always going back to fishing because that's where he was usually around. And God is saying, in, he, he found Peter in the middle of his comfort and told him to reevaluate the purpose of his life and reevaluate how he viewed people. Let's look at these two incidents. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 and 20. Here's the first moment that, P, uh, that Jesus and Peter had this interaction. It said, Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee and he saw two brothers. There were Simon and his other brother, uh, they were Simon, his other name was Peter, and Andrew, his brother. And they were putting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for men. And once they left their nets, and they followed him. So here Jesus is telling him, hey, leave your comfort 
and help me fish for men. It was this weird thing of like, hey, I'm fishing for fish, but now Jesus is taking what I understand and making it to what he wants the purpose in my life to be, fishing for men. Like he wanted to, Peter to understand that, hey, what you're doing is valuable, but let's reevaluate it and use it for a different purpose. Let's fish for men. So, so remember that, fishing, fishing, fishing. There was another instance where Jesus already died on the cross. He rose again and he finds Peter going back to a place of comfort. Going, this, this is the point where Peter saw all the miracles. Peter saw all the things that Jesus did. Jesus died on the cross. G Peter already denied this man three times. I mean, all of this has already happened. And it says in the word of God that he already appeared to the disciples around three times already. And now he see, we see in John chapter 21, verse 1 through 17, we're going to do a little bit of reading here because I want to give context to this because this is how we need to view the people that Jesus brings to this place. And he says this, after, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of, of Cana uh, in, in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and the two others of his disciples were together. And Peter, who said it? Peter said to them, I am going where? Fishing. And he said to him, will you, uh, we will go with you. So here's the thing. Anybody that has like a bad time or like, be careful the people that are going through things in their life and they want to just tag along, you to tag along with them. Like hurt people, hurt people. And hurt people, Need company. <laughs> this is Peter. Peter just denied Jesus three times. Saw him die. Do all that. Jesus appeared to him already, risen. And now he says, hey, guess what? I, I've seen him. I saw everything. I, my guilt is probably too much. I'm just going to go back to my comfort zone. I'm just going to go back. And the other people are like, okay, we'll go back with you. We'll go back with you. So if we keep on reading, it said this. I'm going back fishing. They say, we'll, we'll go with you. And they went out to the boat by that night, and they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any, what? Fish. In that moment, Peter's antennas are going up. When was the last time Jesus talked to him about, hey, being a fisherman was the first time when he started following him. So instantly, Peter's antennas are going up. He said, hey, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. So he said to them, cast your nets to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantities of fish. The disciples whom Jesus loved, therefore, said to Peter, is this the Lord? When, Peter, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on, uh, he put on his outer garments and, and he was stripped from work and threw himself into the sea. 
So my man was working uh, basically in his underwear, and he just jumped into the sea. This man's crazy. Like, the boat is not so far. And the funny part about it is, is the other disciples came in the boat dragging the, net, uh, the nets of fish near him. So Peter's swimming to the shore while his friends are just driving the boat looking at Peter swimming. Now, if that's not funny, that's funny. I, if I'm, I have those friends, they were like, bro, you're too extra. Like, chill out. Like, this is Peter. This is what Peter was doing. He's like, if it's Jesus, he just throw himself into the water. So we see here, now Jesus is identifying fish and now speaking to them. And, and I love what Jesus says. And the other disciples were dragging to, with the fish off. In verse 9, when they got to the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place. So Jesus had enough time to put a fire together. This is how I read the Bible. I'm like, this is crazy. A fire together and laid out the fish and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some fish that you have caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the, the, hauled the fish aboard. And then they had breakfast with Jesus. And I love this part. Let's go to verse 15. It says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. Peter knew that Jesus told him to follow him, leave everything behind, and do the mission of the gospel throughout the nations. But now that Jesus is departed from the situation, Peter, instead of continuing to walk out his calling, he falls back to his comfort, and now Jesus is calling Peter out, saying, hey, Peter, do you love me more than the comforts of your fish? He said, do you love me more than these? And he said to them, and he said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. And Peter's like, okay, well, you told me to be fishers of, like, fish for men. Now we're talking about sheep. And okay, let's just roll with it. And he said to him second time, son of John, do you love me? And he said, yes, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend to my sheep. Okay. If I'm Peter, I'm like, okay, Jesus is going a little crazy right now. Like we just ate breakfast. Like he's probably a little tired. But then Jesus goes a third time. And he said to the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? me. Peter was grieved. He was mad at this time that he asked a third time, do you love me? And he said to this, the Lord said, you know everything. You know I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I want us to understand this, that there's a point in the body of Christ and us as a church that we need to gather people. As Jesus said, hey, let's go fish Let's gather. What do you do when you're fishing? You're gathering a bunch of fish. But there's a difference between gathering and shepherding. And Jesus, at the first point of him seeing Peter, he said, hey, it's time to gather. It's time to gather all these people. It's time to, to, to spread the news of Jesus Christ. But the, he loved 
to gather people, but gathering fish doesn't mean the fish are discipled as sheep. Because a sheep is different than catching fish. Catching fish, you just gather them and you either do what you want with them. You're in control. But Peter want, Jesus wanted Peter to understand that now the kingdom of God is moving forward and the church is going to be moving forward and you're going to have to deal with people. And it's not all about the gathering. It's more about the discipling. And if you know anything about sheep, sheep are a little crazy. See, fish gathering is this. I, it's, this is what identified to me when I, when I heard this. Fishing means this. Take what I can get. I mean, you throw something out, you, you don't have no choice. You just get what, 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 what bites. Fishing means I, I'm in control. I get to go and go cast and get what I have. I, I'm in control of that. Uh, how, how about this? Uh, fishing means it, it's, it's a quick turnaround. So I get it, I cut it, I eat it. How about this? Fishing means you hook, you pierce, and sometimes you even throw back. Like sometimes in the body of Christ, we've hooked so many fish. We pierce so many people with our words and pierce so many things, and, and we leave them bleeding, and we just throw them back. But what Jesus wanted Peter to understand is while you gather, I also want you to tend to sheep. And what is sheep? Sheep is to be nurtured and to be taken care of. Sheep are tough. Sheep are dumb. Sheep bite. Sheep wander. How do we know? He left the 99 for what? The one. Sheep smell. Sheep takes time and a lot of sacrifice. We knew that, that David himself was a shepherd boy. And while his brothers were having a great party on the inside, who's going to be the next king? Who's in the field with the sheep? David. He wasn't a part of the party. Because if he left the sheep, the sheep would go all over the place. So it takes time and sacrifice. And sheep need to be led and directed. See, it's easy just to, okay, get on the boat. You're, you're an ugly one, throw you back in the, you know, it, it's easy to, but when you deal with sheep, you have to take them as they are, dumb, sweaty, ugly, whatever, and you got to lead them to the right things, because you know why? There's, there's, there's animals that are going to try to come and devour the sheep, and it's our job as shepherds to direct the sheep in the right way. So this is what Jesus was telling Peter at this moment. I need you to stop thinking of quantity of fish. They will come. And while you gather, we need, we need people like sheep. They're going to come hurting, come confused. They're, we need to lead them in the ways of the Lord. He's telling Peter, hey, it's going to be hard. 
It's going to be harder than you just gathering and throwing and gathering and eating. It's going to be time that you, that, that you get hurt. It's going to be time where you have to, you, you see that Instagram post and you say, ah, that person is that. And you might have to have a conversation and disciple that person. It might, you might need to get out of your comfort zone and actually tend to the sheep. And that's what Peter, that that Jesus was telling Peter, and that's what he tells us today, that loving people, for people to have, to be our hearts, we have to take them, bring them in, but also disciple them in the ways of the Lord because people are hurting, people are depressed, people have anxiety, people are dealing with situations in their life, and they don't need a patty cake to the gospel anymore. They need a person that is going to be willing to walk through with them, to to talk to them, to to help them in their situation. That's the church. Jesus was telling Peter how he wanted the church to be. And how have we strayed away from that church? We've came to a place where all we want is to gather and to fill our fishbowls. But in the middle of filling our fishbowls, people are leaving empty. People are leaving with no values, with no nothing. We have to be the church to come back to the basics and say, as we gather, as you enter, yeah, we're going to have nice facilities. Yeah, we're going to have great kids ministry. Yeah, we're going to make sure that we're excellent in all we do. But that's not the point. The point is for you to come from there to go to him, for you to see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life is not about us. I'm not building Eric's kingdom. I'm building the kingdom of God. And that means if we have to go and you have to wander off and I have to leave the 99 to go get the one we got to do it because we are tending to sheep we're tending to sheep because that's our heart but one thing I know is this by us discipling the sheep a discipled sheep a sheep that is led in the right way is a loyal sheep is effective sheep as a, re- a resourceful sheep, is a trustworthy sheep. We're not building people to look like us, but we're building people to look like him. To look like him. God is telling Peter and he's telling us today to reach a generation is not about catch and release. No, it's about catch and shepherd and release them to the world to do God's work. But they have to be discipled. They have to be led. We have to know that everybody matters. Everybody matters. And as I close, you can let me talk. I'll talk all day about this. I just want us to know the mission of our church, the values of our church, and my heart as well as your pastor. That God wants each and every, it's not all about me, guys. Read your Bible. It doesn't say, Tell all the pastors to go out into the nations and baptize them. No, it's us. If I can strip away the, the, the title of pastor and I don't want you to look at, at me as this, I'm, 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 I'm just as you. I'm jacked up just as you. But there's a calling on my life to tell you that you can do this. 
There's a calling on my life to tell you the truth of God's word. I can't do anything outside of God's word. Matter of fact, I don't want to. Because then it's not going to, it's not discipling the sheep. We have to be a church to do this different. It's not only about gathering, which we want to gather. We want to fill up the place. But what is it worth us being full for us people being dead as they leave? What's the point? That's why Wednesdays are important. That's why youth is important. That's why kids' ministry is important. That's why all the events is important. We're not doing events to do events. I don't want to do an event on a Saturday. I want to be home watching football. But why do we do it? We do it because we're leading people to the king. And with any way possible, other than we're not even, we're not going to do anything outside of sin. But if we got to do anything to get somebody from their dead state to be alive in Jesus Christ, we're going to do it because he left the 99. Some of you were that one. Where you felt outcast. Where you felt like nobody loved you. You felt like nobody cared. But I'm here to tell you, he cares. And we do as well. You matter. So what's our values? Jesus is our message. Prayer is our foundation. Community is who we are. Worth is what we give. Simple is our approach. Generosity is our default. Serving is our privilege. Faith is our response. And people, our hearts. People are our hearts. A life lived with values and mission brings stability and clarity in your life. So what are your mission? Well, what is your values that you need to operate in? Because God wants to do something in your life. And as he's doing something in your life, man, you can be a blessing to others. A blessing to others. And here at Axios, faith is our response. And people our hearts. We're not only gathering, we're leading people. We're pointing people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.